Welcome back to the Desert Springs Church Podcast. It exists to supplement the ministry and growth of the body here at Desert Springs Church. My name is Drew. I'm here with Chase. And like we promised last time, we want to talk about why we haven't been doing this podcast recently. So Chase is going to explain everything. But I think, Chase, before you get started, we could boil all the reasons down to the building. In, Pretty in, much. In some form yeah. or another, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. the building got blowed up as mm-hmm. you've been seen as you walk through the building yeah. lately. Well, I think if you back up, because, yeah, I became the executive pastor in October. We didn't right. start working on the building until, when was it? Around Christmas time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but part of me taking on the executive pastor role was everything related to building. That's right. So that's what I um, meant. Yeah. yeah, I was insanely busy in that transition. Still insanely busy, but a little less so mm-hmm. than than before. Yeah. Uh, and part of that too is my schedule changed. I think that was a simple thing. Is my schedule changed in that new role? So you and I were not in the office at the Our same time. Our stars didn't align yeah, as much. So yep. it was hard to make it happen. Um, but then yeah, we started the building renovation. They. Uh, knocked down the room that we do. Yeah, Chris's office slash recording studio was gone. It doesn't exist anymore. It was gone. So now we are recording in your office. Yeah. So if it sounds weird, that's why. So Chris, yeah, it's going to sound different because, um, yeah, different background. But Chris did a good job setting us up with a mobile setup, and that's what we used to record with Mark Dever last time, and, and we'll be using this moving forward. Man, that was great with Mark. Yeah. That we was, need to have more guests on. We we should, yeah. And we, we decided to do that last minute. Um, we hadn't planned on that. We knew he was coming mm-hmm. to preach for us. But then I think I texted you and Ryan like that Thursday or Friday and said, we should do a podcast. No, you said, we should do a podcast. What should we talk about? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what should we talk about? I mean, should we just talk about the church? Because that's, you know, all that Mark ever talks about. And but, that's where we settled on that. Ask Mark anything. That's pretty much what we did. That was what we did. That well, really... uh, because I pitched it to Mark. I said... Uh, all right, here's some ideas that we've come up with that we thought would be fruitful conversations. And then he just replied, great. <laughs> <laughs> so so we just said, all right, we're going to do them all. we'll do it all. We'll do yeah. them all. And, uh, but and, I'm so glad we did. That was such a good, yeah. productive time. It was. I learned a lot. And he, he was grateful. He even said on Twitter that it, it helped him workshop some things. Yeah. So he's really into that whole like... Uh, discipleship, evangelism, elders, missions-like mm-hmm. trajectory. Yeah, right. um, he's he's really fired up about that. He's so got a new book, probably. He's probably got a, a he, book that'll be coming out. So we better get some acknowledgement. So we, the podcast let him workshop that, and yeah. then he preached about that on uh-huh. on, on Sunday as well. Yeah. So he was he was fired up about it. Yeah, but, it was just a good time. All, and a good all a good excuse for us to yeah to start the podcast right. again. Yeah. Um, yeah, because we've gotten a lot of great feedback from people that this serves our church really well yeah that and we have felt that you know yeah. even as a preacher it's been nice to have mm-hmm. uh an opportunity to know okay i can't get really into this tricky thing but we can do a podcast on it yeah and so there's yeah. less of a burden when we have this or podcast announcements on. and yeah. yeah so so moving forward we've got maybe four different categories four or five different categories that we've been thinking of how we're going to use the podcast so one one will be doctrinal issues mm-hmm. so as we we come to a a, a doctrine um, or an issue that we just think would be beneficial to spend some extended time. So kind of like a Saturday seminar, but in a podcast yeah. format. So doctrinal issues, church life issues, so things like uh, Christian um, uh, Christian liberty, conscience we've done. Um, we could continue on that, but what else am I thinking of? Like anxiety, abuse? Or disciplines. Disciplines, yeah. We've, we've, been, we've got a, a list of things that I think would be beneficial for us to talk about. 
Um, so Christian life. Also, like you mentioned, sermon overflow, mm-hmm. just a, a time for us to say, yeah, we don't have time to really drill down on that in a Sunday sermon, but we can spend some time in a podcast that is probably just a more beneficial uh, medium anyways, because we can have a discussion about right. it and really workshop those things. And then for today, we're going to continue in our liturgical series. Yeah. So we started that uh, a few months ago, several months ago now, I guess, and started with a call to worship. And so we're just looking at the elements of our gatherings. So mm-hmm. what we do when we come together as a church. So uh, we, we did call to worship, then we did uh, confession and assurance. Now we're going to look at uh, the topic of corporate prayer. Mm-hmm. So if you go back in our podcast list in history, you'll see that we did a podcast on prayer in general. Right. Um, but that was just more, like I said, general broad strokes or even just personal private prayer right. and what is what is prayer theologically. Now we want to talk about what is prayer corporately. Um, so start us off, Chase, talking about um, the kinds of prayers that we have and and I alliterated them nicely for you. You did. So I'm a true disciple of Ryan Kelly. Yeah. And so they're all P words. They are P but words. But this isn't an exhaustive list. We can we can start with these. Maybe just start with that first one and talk about that one, because that's kind of our most focused prayer time in our corporate gatherings. Yeah, well, when you come to a normal Sunday at DSC, there's probably going to be three, four, maybe even five prayers uh, from different people at different points in the service. But for sure, the biggest longest prayer is later in the service, and we call it our pastoral prayer. Yeah. And part of that's pastoral because usually it's an elder in our church or an elder... Or somebody that's becoming an elder. Or, yeah, somebody It close. is pastoral in nature. Right. That's, so that's, this is somebody we, we see as elder qualified. Yeah, right, yeah. right. Um, and by saying it's pastoral in nature, it means it's a, it's a prayer that is showing kind of pastoral or shepherding concern yeah. for either something going on in our church or something going on in the world, mm-hmm. something uh, that needs, yeah, needs our, needs our attention as a church. It's maybe different from what's going to come up in the sermon. It's not connected to any one text or passage. It's it's a bit more where, uh, Ryan likes to say, it's a, it's a bit more where our service kind of touches the ground yeah. a little bit. Like it's trying, you know, if our, our services were trying to transcend a little bit, just the day-to-day things that are happening here, mm-hmm. we don't want the the news feed to dictate what we're talking about every single Sunday. But in that pastoral prayer, that kind of is a time for us to take those pressing needs to the Lord. Yeah, yeah, it's where we can, uh, yeah, take the headlines uh, and and bring them before the Lord in prayer in, in ways that we know that are affecting our church. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's... Uh, like you said, it's it's pastoral and, and in nature because it instructs, it teaches our people a little bit about how we should be thinking about these things. Um, and we also have, uh, the way we think about this pastoral prayers is we have a calendar that we make up every year. And this is a with, fairly new process. Yeah, with themes. So we have, a, we have a preaching calendar that Ryan puts together. Uh, and we can talk about that once we get to the preaching section of this uh, liturgical series. But Ryan lays out all the text. And so then next to that, I work on pastoral prayer themes. So each Sunday we have a theme that the pastoral prayer will be centered around or anchored to. Uh, like this last week, uh, Josiah uh, prayed for our youth, mm-hmm. our youth ministry, as they're preparing to go to camp and prayed specifically for camp and all that all of that entailed. Um but then there are other things that come up, and just a couple weeks ago, you prayed for 
Uh, Chase, you prayed for the issue of abortion, mm-hmm. and then you also prayed for uh, the victims of the shooting in Buffalo, mm-hmm. um, because that's just—I mean—that came up Saturday, yeah, right? Or that happened? Forth. I think yeah. Friday night, maybe yeah. before. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just like we're texting each other, mm-hmm. like, "Hey, we we need to we need to pray about this." Well, that was even kind of funny because you had in the calendar uh, adoption was that Sunday that I was going to pray. That's right. And then you misspoke when you were talking about it and said I misread it misread it you said we're gonna pray for abortion I said I want to pray for that yeah uh and then we looked at the calendar like well that wasn't and they said this is right you know especially with the SCOTUS thing that just happened and yeah um yeah it was it was perfect so there's there's a calendar some of that Mm -hmm. you've you've got our church calendar in hand like the youth camp and you say okay we want to pray for that some of it you're looking at um well just the calendar so like Mother's Day obviously we're gonna pray for mothers things like that yeah. uh what i appreciate too is you've got kind of a list of of really like far-reaching searching concerns yeah that it's good for a church to be praying yeah for together and that's why we do that is you know we're we're not gonna if we just are responding in the moment to everything we may not think to pray for ethnic harmony in yeah. the church very often or we may not think to pray for single mothers we may not think you know and so uh the poor the yeah. poor yeah. yeah just these different pray for our leaders our government leaders government all these different leaders, things yeah. that are that are worked in there um and one of the benefits of that besides just it is a good thing prayer is work and it it is effective and so it's a good thing for us to be far reaching in our prayers because we want god to do lots of things and yeah. so we should be asking for things that impact the whole world yeah. um, but then what's really good about that too is it is like you said instructive and so it mm-hmm. teaches our church like hey here's things maybe you're not thinking about praying yeah. for that it would be really good for you to just work into your rotation of prayers at, yeah. on your own so that's kind of that connection between the corporate prayer and how it informs individual prayer life that's right yeah our corporate life should affect our individual lives and vice versa um so that's a pastoral prayer, and we've talked a little bit about what prayers do and why we why we pray, and we'll get more into that in a minute. Uh, we'll just go through this list. So the the P's that I've got are pastoral uh, prayers. We've got prayers of praise. You got petition. You have penitence and psalms, <laughs> which really technically is a, a huge huge net. Yeah, psalms. It's a huge net of all different kinds of prayers, which would include laments, imprecatory, mm-hmm. these kinds of uh, these kinds of things, uh, language that um, that is just good and appropriate at times to infuse into the life of our church through our corporate meetings. So we've talked about pastoral for a prayer of praise, and we'll have these show up every once in a while. But you almost always have some element of this. And a lot of our prayers that we're talking about have a lot of overlap with our singing mm-hmm. and, and other portions of our service. Um, so songs of praise could be written in a prayer language where we're addressing our praise to the Lord and, and um, saying, God, you are this, Lord, mm-hmm. you are this. Um, that's a that's functionally a prayer. Or even the psalms that we open with are prayers. Are called so worship, the, yeah. Yeah, and they're usually psalms of praise. And so that's a, and you should, that's mm-hmm. a way that you should, when you're reciting those psalms out loud and when you're calling us to worship, that that is a prayer. Like you're using yeah. God's word to pray a prayer yeah. together with the church. But in other ways, it shows up in, in prayers when we just praise the Lord and thank him. So praise and thanksgiving our close neighbors, and we're just giving thanks and praising the Lord for who he is and what he's done. Yeah. So we, we have an element of that in, in a prayer um, and or a song 
uh, every time we gather. So prayers of, that are pastoral in nature because of the uh, how specific they are, but also praise and, and recognizing who God is. Then we have petitions, which I think are probably the most common type of prayer that people would be familiar with, right? We're, yeah. we're used to asking God for things. Yeah, petition means you're asking for yeah. something. And we have a lot of those. Even our pastoral prayer will have a lot of petitions in and it. And that's right. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. it's good. It's appropriate. I mean, where else will we go um, but to the Lord um, and the sovereign of the universe uh, with our things? I, I like thinking about the word petition, though, because it makes me think of... Uh, uh, petitioning like a government official, hmm. uh, and it it has and has implications of community uh, or a group. Mm-hmm. So a group of people coming together hmm. to petition, to ask, to request an authority figure uh, for something. Yeah. Um, and so that's, yeah, it kind that, of it implies the person that you're asking has a lot of power and they can to do grant something. the petition. Yeah. Um, and then it is also asking on. The basis of their grace that they yeah. would give something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's corporate nature. Mm-hmm. It, it we come together. Right. Uh, we unite our voices and come together in this posi- petition. So it's not just one person. Uh, it's not just one person up there saying a prayer, uh, having their own personal, private, quiet time right. in front of a congregation. No, it's we are praying for us, and it's a it's a petition in. in and um, how corporate it is. And um, I think some things that you can learn from the way that we do petition on Sunday morning is the things that we're asking for. So it's not just for immediate needs. One thing that you'll hear us every Sunday asking for is for God's help in in the service. And so this isn't a P word, but we would call it a, p- a prayer of illumination. 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 Yeah. There you go. Um, that that you're, silent. you're asking God to help you understand, to help you see. But yeah. that's a petition, right? You're yeah. asking. And then uh, we will often ask for God to help other people see. So we'll yeah. ask for um, the non-believers that might be in the to room. That God open the give. eyes yeah. of the blind. Yeah. yeah. And so we're asking, again, for these really far-reaching, searching prayers. Yeah. And those prayers of illumination are all, uh, oftentimes in song form. As we sing, Lord, we come to hear your word, right. or speak, O oh Lord, or show us Christ. Yep. Um, those those and this can is be, just and, a... and, and, I'll, and I'll, I'll cue that up by saying, let's stand and sing this prayer, uh, or continue in prayer through song. Right, yeah. And, and so it's just just overlapping the, the, the nature of singing and praying uh, in our gatherings. Yeah, well, and I was going to say, too, that just pull back the curtain a little bit, um, you are... Th- you want all of these elements in our service. Mm-hmm. I think we've said this before, but uh, even on Sunday mornings, we will be getting ready. We'll be looking over the service before it starts, and you'll say, okay, I don't have a written-out confession here, yeah. so Chase, you're doing the welcome, and that usually ends with a time of prayer, and so then mm-hmm. you'll say, can you do that prayer yeah. here? Or we'll talk with Ryan, hey, we didn't have a song of illumination, so before the sermon, yeah. you should That's pray. That's where that happens. Yeah. yeah, so we're trying, you really are trying to work all of these elements in every Sunday. Yeah, they just take different forms from week to week. Right. Like, like you said, it could be a prayer, it could be a, a reading that we do. Um, so that gets us to the next P, to penitence, which is an, another word for confession, repentance. Um, so we talked about confession and assurance, but our con- our confessions can be prayers could be corporate prayers as we read a, a pre-written prayer that goes up and we all say it out loud together. Or it could be, like you said, somebody who who uh, opened the service and then does a kind of an opening prayer, another I word, an invocation, a mm. prayer of asking the Lord's blessing on our time, but also um, a prayer of confession and recognizing how we have failed uh, to live up to what God expects of us. 
Um, and those and those prayers are appropriate. Those prayers are less and less common in churches today um, because that's not that's not making people feel good about themselves yeah. and comfortable. Um, but boy, is it appropriate and right that we would, after we consider who God is in His Word and, and through a, a time of praise, uh, through song, to then respond in confession. Yeah. Yeah, if you don't have that, you're missing step one of the gospel. So it mm-hmm. could be a really encouraging message. It could be really uplifting, but that's that's not the good news. The good news is that we're saved from sin. Yeah. And so the gospel starts with confessing our sins with, yeah. with a posture of penitence. And then you have the assurance of salvation. Yeah. And so those those prayers of confession are again meant to instruct us, maybe even uh, illuminate something that an area of sin in our own hearts that we hadn't been considering before. When you and uh, and Ryan or myself or somebody else crafts a, a prayer of confession, uh, it's meant to be corporate in language, and it's meant to stir up. Um, it's meant to stir up thought and provoke uh, further confession mm. in our in our church, uh, because yeah, you're not just standing there and confessing your specific sins right. that you committed in the last week. Even if the person praying is talking in the first person, they're saying, "I have done this." They're doing it in a way that's trying to lead the whole church in. That's right. Confessing that's that right. same way, um, and so that's that's kind of it. You see that in the Psalms that will switch from we yeah. language to I language because it's both because it is both yeah. but we're doing it all together so let me ask you a question about this yeah uh what is going on in your minds when somebody Who else knows is man Who knows? <laughs> yeah, this is dangerous territory oh. uh no but how are you praying along with somebody what are what mm. does that mean when somebody else is praying that we're not just listening to someone else praying. We're participating. They're, they're not performing yeah. in front of us we're participating with them but we're quiet yeah. So what is our posture and what's going on in our mind when somebody mm-hmm. else is praying? Yeah, that's a great question. I think about it similarly to when I'm sitting and listening to a sermon. So we can talk about that once we get to the sermon section of how it's not just passive observation or uh, retention of knowledge, absorbing something that someone else is communicating. So I find when I'm uh, praying along with uh, someone who is leading us in prayer, um, that I am that I am examining my own heart and trying to apply uh, what is being said to my own heart mm. um, by just um, leaning into uh, parts that maybe I wasn't expecting to hear or or something that surprised me and just just being um, yeah being receptive and being open to to hearing something that could really mess me up mm. <laughs> um, and not just kind of nodding, or for me as a, as a song leader, service leader, uh, not simply just thinking about what's next, because mm. um, that, that's often a temptation for me specifically. I don't know that that would be as much of a temptation for the normal uh, churchgoer, but just trying to apply it to my own heart. And then two, um, asking the Lord to make it uh, effective, mm. um, to, to make um, all the, the hearers in the room um, hear it and receive it and believe it and go out and live it. Uh, so those are two. Those are two areas for me. Um, what about you? How have you how have you thought about being the recipient of a of a congregation? Yeah, yeah. Well, prayer? and I'll confess. Sometimes, often when people are praying, I'm really prone to getting distracted, even if it's not thinking of what's the next thing. But uh, you know, why do my shoelaces look like that? Uh, you know, whatever yeah. it is. Uh, yeah. So 
Yeah, I really when I'm when I'm especially trying to fight to uh, what you're saying, like to meditate on what that person is saying and, mm-hmm. and apply it for myself. But sometimes I will just um, not repeat, but kind of paraphrase mm. in my mind yeah. whatever sentence that person just said. You know, so I'm kind of praying along right behind them. I'm translating it into my own uh, heart and and saying the same thing, and really just trying to have a posture of agreeing with that that's prayer. It. You know, yeah. that yeah, that's. That I want to be praying, I want to be myself asking the Lord for that same thing that that person, but kind of taking their cue and being led along in the prayer with them. Yeah, that's good. So then the last last P, like we mentioned, was Psalms, which really does capture a lot of what we talked about, illumination, invocation. Um, the Psalms uh, throughout church history have been uh, the 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 soil for the church's prayers mm-hmm. to be to be grown out of uh, so ch- early church leaders would use the psalms to um, inform their prayers sometimes just be their prayers like yeah. like our call to worship they yeah. would just pray a section of the psalms because they are prayers um, but for us letting them um, inform guide the wording the structure and even the categories in which we pray uh, that we pray about what's what's right and good for us to to pray about as a church. The Psalms help us do that. And then it, it also connects it again to to the songs that we sing. So a lot of the songs we sing are either psalms or closely uh, tied to psalms or some versification of a psalm. And that is a form of prayer as we sing a song, as we sing um, Open My Eyes, as we sing uh, other other psalms. Um, we're praying uh, that the Lord would uh, would honor his word mm-hmm. in the, in that moment. Uh, so it's, and it also models um, using God's word to facilitate our praying. Yeah, you'll see this in the pastoral prayer. Sometimes the guys will say that that's what they're doing, but often they're doing it without announcing it, that they have actually picked either a psalm or maybe a New Testament prayer uh, as sometimes you even assign this to us. Is, yeah. You know what? Hey, just just pray through the Lord's Prayer or just yeah. pray through, yeah, yeah, you we know, did that a few weeks ago. One. Uh, but that, that they're using a psalm or some other scripture as the structure for their prayer, yep. and they're kind of just reworking it. Yep. Yeah, I love it. So we've we've touched on a few of these things, but questions could be, why do we pray? Why do we pray as much as we do? Um, why don't we pray less? Why don't we pray more? Uh, we can talk about uh, some of those things, but also I want to just consider further uh, what happens when we pray. So Chase, let's start with the kind of the most obvious question, why do we pray yeah. as a church uh, when we come together? Because the Bible says that we should, Yeah, and the Bible models that for us. That yeah. It is, uh, you read through the whole Bible and you get that sense that God's people are a praying people, Yeah, um, that we have the privilege of talking to God, and it's not just by ourselves, although there's lots of examples of individual prayer in the Bible, um, but there are lots of places where you see God's people coming together and praying, um, and that you know, it's explicitly commanded of us to yeah. come to God. And pray yeah, there's together. so many exhortations in the New Testament to pray and pray without ceasing, and, right. and give yourself to praying and lifting of hands, and and Timothy, and then in Acts two, they gave themselves over to to the apostles' teaching and to breaking of bread mm-hmm. and prayer. Yeah. So we we see it clearly modeled in Scripture. Um, for me, uh, prayer also uh, connects heaven and earth. You, t- you talked about this a minute ago, of how our gatherings should be transcendent, but also connected to the ground, mm. in that we're real people living in a real time, mm. in a real place, uh, with real problems. 
Um, but if it's just that, and we never we never have a, a Godward um, uh, direction or focus in our gatherings, um, our our worship services could be um, could be really worldly mm. and still seem Christian, mm. um, but just not recognizing God for who He is. Um, so it it kind of pulls back the veil of what's temporary yeah. and says, now we're connected to something bigger, to someone bigger um, than than just what we can hear and see yeah. and feel and touch right, right now. Right. So yeah. it, it it's that transcendent moment of us looking to God, looking to the creator of the universe and and asking for his help. And and then that also models dependence and how we we look to God and we we need his help. Yeah. Uh, we we sing uh, and Lord, we come to hear your word, that, like apart from his grace, like everything we're doing here, apart from the Lord working, everything we're doing is in vain. And you said model, I think that that's so helpful because when we're out, out the six days of the week that we're not gathered together, uh, we can be so worldly then yeah. and we can... We can be independent. Yeah, yeah. And, and and so when things do come up, even things that you see in the news, you know, if if our Sunday services were so driven by what's happening on the ground that it just every sermon became an opportunity to rant about yeah. the latest yeah. cultural issue that bugged yeah. Ryan, um, then that would be modeling for us that the right response is to just react to the thing that's happening. But the yeah. fact that we instead every Sunday say, no, we're going to pray about that thing. Hopefully on Tuesday, when something happens, whether it's in the news or something in your own life, that you are being taught, no, my first response here should be, I need to stop and pray. Yeah. And not react to this, not get angry, not speak to this, yeah. but speak to God we'll about to God. this. Yeah. Um, and then, again, having that heart of, God's in charge here. I, I'm dependent on God. Yeah. I don't need to be afraid of anything because God's in charge. Yep. He's, he's going to take care of us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of how we cease from striving and mm-hmm. and and through our own initiative and ingenuity and creativity, uh, producing something that looks like uh, the work of God. Yeah, we we fully recognize that He is the one that's working. He is the active agent yeah. in our gatherings, and we need Him uh, to do anything that we want to do. Yeah. Um, I also see prayer as a an expression of our unity. Um, it's it's a time for us to uh, we we bow together often we we're quiet together as one person is praying uh, we are all joining with them in prayer and saying our own prayers to God in other uh, countries and other traditions uh, it's not it's not strange to have um, everyone in the congregation voice a prayer out loud at the same time like in South Africa uh-huh. and I think even in Guatemala they do this in some some places. Um, where everybody just says a prayer out loud. I was in a church in South Africa in the early 2000s, and they did this, and it was jarring for me because mm-hmm. uh, I was just you know, not used not used to that, not ready for that. Nobody warned me. <laughs> um, but part of, part of me thought it was kind of beautiful as I, as I thought about it because it's like, well, now we're all we're all expressing uh, this this uh, dependence on God. We're, we're all praying to God, and He can hear all of them. Yeah, right. Uh, that's what really stuck with me. I was like, this sounds like chaos mm-hmm. to me. And, and that's why we don't do it, um, because I think it maybe is a little bit chaotic. But um, 
but God can hear every single one of those right. prayers, and He can and He can hear and answer. Um, so even as we sit quietly, and one person is is leading out and praying, uh, we're united in that. And then I would love for us to have a have a more of a culture in our church of all agreeing with the prayer at the end with mm. a, with a loud like hearty amen. Mm. I mean we have that, and it's but I would love for it just to be more yeah. normal for everybody who agrees with that prayer because that's basically what amen means. May it be so is to say amen together yeah. after that prayer is done. I would I would love for our church to just boom with an amen at the end of every prayer in our gatherings. And during really good parts of the sermon. That would yeah. be great yeah. too. We talk, we'll but, talk you know, about you that. said united. Uh, I think it also unites our emotions or our passions. Amen. Um, that, you know, especially I think, uh, well, yeah, I used the word lamenting and the prayer that I led, you know, with the Buffalo shooting and then abortion, um, that that is uniting our hearts in mourning with those who mourn. Yeah. And so prayer is really powerful in that way that we, we all come in, we're feeling different things. Some people, you know, are a little less affected by something that happened, but we can use that time to say, no, we should all kind of come together around this and feel this way. And the same with Thanksgiving, the same with joy, yeah. the same with good things. Um, so it's really uniting yeah. that way as well. And it gives a united voice to our like collective longing, uh, angst, lament, like mm. you said, um, struggle. Uh, I mean, imprecatory prayers would would certainly give voice to anger mm. against uh, sin and brokenness in this world, okay. um, and then also praise. Uh, sometimes, sometimes I'm sitting and I hear hear a, a prayer of praise, and it just reminds me, you know what? I should be thankful. I should be mm. grateful for that or this, um, and and for who the Lord is and what He's done. Um, so really, it does it it. It ushers our emotions well. It ushers our affections well uh, when a prayer uh, is thoughtful and 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 the congregation is thoughtful in their response. Yeah. So we talked about this a few times as we talked about specifically the pastoral prayer. But uh, what other ways does does praying teach, mm-hmm. inform, instruct our our corporate prayers? How do they how do they teach us? Yeah, well, I think we're we're approaching it that way as pastors because prayer is not something that comes naturally to everybody. And so we are thinking that like every one of these prayers in one way should be a model prayer. Like it should be a prayer that we could see someone in our church walking away from that room and praying that prayer. So that's why we really tried to to not use different language style when we're praying than we would use ordinarily, you know, mm-hmm. that we don't want to put on some affect or act when we're praying, that you have to pray some special way or pray these and thous and things like that to, to be a good prayer. We, we want them to just be, this is a prayer that you could go and pray by yourself because maybe you're a new Christian, you've never heard somebody pray before. Um, and so to that end, we're just, uh, again, like we said, we're trying to think these are the kinds of things that you should be praying for. Yeah. This is how you can talk to God. Mm-hmm. Um this is the boldness with which you can pray to our God that we've been given that access to come and ask him these things. Um, all of those th- just trying to, sh- to show, yeah, when you're at home in your prayer closet, you can pray just this way. Yeah. I also think that um, it, it teaches us a bit about um, reflection and how we should um, grow in our, pray- in our prayers and our praying life. Uh, because throughout our... 
uh, our gatherings, we will have both uh, really structured, scripted prayers mm-hmm. versus more spontaneous or, or um, uh, spontaneous prayers, and um, and that's intentional. But even the even the spontaneous prayers um, are not without thought and reflection yeah. and anticipation. As as Chase, you or Ryan would walk up to preach, um, you may not have your prayer of illumination scripted, like word for word, but you've been meditating on it all week. Right. You have that prayer in your heart ready to overflow. So we're not just making stuff up no. on the spot, yeah. right? It is, it's in there, and we just have to formulate the words yeah. and put them in the right order. Yeah, like I, I don't ever write the prayer that I pray at the end of the sermon. Yeah. That that's usually, just I just want that to be... Reflecting the, the, on everything you've just done. That's yeah. right, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, and so modeling that too. That, But I think something else, uh, I, I know I've shared this quote before, but I was just so challenged by this as a young Christian that someone asked if God was going to answer all of your prayers in the affirmative, mm. would your world change or would the whole world change? Yeah. And that's so good. I think that's something else that we model on a Sunday by praying for, you Big know, things. you don't have a kid yeah. going to youth camp that has nothing to do with you, but we. Th- but that's part of our church, yeah. and so we should be praying for that. Yeah. And so to not only use your petitions for yourself, but to use your petitions for the world. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's another way that we can model, like we said, that here's a whole category of things that maybe you're not going to think about on your own because it doesn't affect you as directly, but yeah. it's still something worth praying for. That's right. Yeah, we have a big God. We say big prayers. Um, and one final thing that I'll point out in my service planning, I love how our prayers um, help us to slow down mm. because we just live hurried lives. Yeah. We can we can have hurried gatherings where we just get from one thing to the next, hurry up, hurry up, get to the sermon, get done, get out of here, and beat the Methodist Applebee's. Um, but <laughs> not possible. No, but the particularly the pastoral prayer where we sit and it's the longest uh, extended prayer time. Oh man, it is just a breath of fresh air for mm-hmm. me as a service leader to just sit and not do anything yeah. <laughs> for an extended period of time. My kids need that. Um, I need that. And it just helps us practice silence and reflection yeah. um, that we just don't do naturally in our in our busy lives. Yeah, and hopefully going back to that idea of teaching and modeling that if you can week after week sit under sometimes a five-minute-long pastoral prayer, hopefully that just stretches that muscle for you again on Thursday, that when you're praying by yourself, you can pray a little bit longer because we're doing it together, and then you can go do it by yourself. Yeah, yeah, it's just so good when... um, Yeah, I was even thinking as you were saying that, that a lot of churches, I'm not trying to rag on anybody, but the only time they pray is when they need to transition from... Mm one thing to the next, you yeah. know, that this is when the band is coming back up after the preacher has finished a sermon. Yeah. But no, that we're saying this is one of the reasons we gather is to pray. So we're going to just set that time aside. It's not yeah. doing anything else but praying. And that is just so good for us with everything yeah. else we're distracted by. Yeah, and our, our scripture reading time has functioned like that for me as well. It's just a time to just stop, don't do anything, yeah. no background music, just yeah. listen to the Bible read yeah. in the most ordinary and extraordinary thing. And Um, you talk about hearty amens. I have really been encouraged by that. I know this isn't the topic of the podcast, but I love that our church amens 
the reading the of the scripture word. reading. Uh, that's just right. that's so sweet. Yeah, we've got our wonderful. values in the right place. That's right. Well, I think that's all for this time. We'll we'll look at different parts of uh, the liturgy moving ahead. We'll look at the sermon. I think w- taking some time to consider the preaching moment, mm. um, I think, would be really valuable uh, because it's not just us sitting there and one man speaking and everybody sitting quietly. Uh, what's happening yeah. in the sermon moment? We can talk about that. We'll bring Ryan on and we'll we'll discuss that with him. And then other parts of uh, of our gatherings, like um, uh, what's called passing of the peace, which we don't do a, a, a committed section to, um, and Yet. also benedictions and things like that. Yeah, I know. You, yeah, we'll <laughs> work on it. Um, but we're, we're always growing in it. But uh, but that'll that'll do it for now. Drew, it was really good to be back doing a podcast with you. I've missed this, brother. Yeah. Um, well, thank thanks to all of you for listening. If you have any suggestions for things that we can cover, why don't you email us, info at dscabq.com. Uh, Lord willing, we'll have another one of these for you sometime. That was another thing we should have said. We're probably going to space these out a little bit more than, That's right. than weekly. Yeah, so yeah. maybe once or twice a month. But Lord willing, we'll have another one for you sooner rather than later. Until then, on behalf of Drew Hodge, I'm Chase Jacobs. Let's keep spreading God's glory broader and deeper. You ever, do you ever read our Yelp reviews? No. Because they have them. You can review churches. Somebody gave, somebody took a star off one of our reviews because we didn't pass the piece. <laughs> so we need to just add that. And, oh, okay. and then I'll direct message her and say, just hey. Do we want to keep doing the outro? What was the outro? I we, didn't, we didn't do it last time. What was the outro? Yeah. It was. If you have any questions, let's keep spreading. We didn't do one for with with Mark, and so I just left it off. Yeah. And so I'm kind of cool with just not having an outro. No, we need an outro. I would say, remember that. We don't run around all day. Pilumination. <laughs> <laughs>